podcast about all things St. Pete, hosted by the one and only St. Pete is Super Cool. As always, this is Sadaba, and I'm with Laura, a local artist here in St. Pete. How are you today? I am doing fantastic, Sudabe. Thank you so much for having me on Thank the pod. You. Yeah, I don't think they want to listen to Cody and I's voices a lot. You know? so, <laughs> well, we try to fill in every now and again, but... Oh, absolutely. Well, the fact that you guys are so tapped into the community, I have followed St. Peter's Super Cool for so long, Thank and you. now I have finally met you guys. <laughs> and so it's crazy to make the connection. You guys are doing some seriously awesome work Thank you. bringing all of this together. We, so We try. Yeah, it's like interesting. Like, you know, we've been like sharing like so many people their stuff for so long. Yeah. And then we finally meet them in person, and we're just kind of like, oh, snap. Like, <laughs> to the posts that we're always sharing like when we first met Derek like Donnelly is when he was working on that fairgrounds like uh oh yeah thing. the big fairgrounds piece and yeah and he was like yeah just come on by and we'd be here like forever and we're like should we like <laughs> you know we just went down and it was just so cool like you know it's it's fun it's it's nice not slinging coffee eight hours a day and being yelled at yes absolutely and having come from that sort of food service industry background i can attest i was an ice cream slinger for a long time I did that for a little while too yeah i love that was actually probably my favorite job yes. like sometimes i fantasize like maybe i should just work at an ice cream shop on the weekends just for the tips and just to yeah. like you bring in a crying child here's a free scoop like no just a little bit of sprinkles for Dude, everybody is always in a good mood. I worked at a Ben and Jerry's at, uh, well, it's now Sundial, but it used to be Baywalk. And then I worked at one in Sarasota forever. And so it was like tie-dye t-shirts and bandanas every day. super chill. Super chill. I like kind of miss, because I was a shift supervisor at Starbucks, and I kind of miss running a floor. Right. From six, like, because I used to close a lot. Like yeah, I was always a closer too. Like, you know, of like being able to shut down the store and walking out, and everything's like nice. Everything's like, perfect. You know that morning shift's gonna come in and they can just crush. Yeah. I miss when I walk in, people going like, "Finally, she's here." It's gonna be all right. Like, <laughs> yes. just a little bit. <laughs> I honestly, I feel like those experiences in food service industry, and I only ever worked, like I said, in ice cream and in mm-hmm. fast food. I worked at Chipotle for a while too, um, but there is something about that mode of like efficiency yeah. and teamwork and collaboration that's definitely prepared me for what I'm doing now as an artist yes. especially with the mural and like I do a lot of collaborative projects yeah. and art directive sort of things outside and had it not been for that experience of like knife around the corner get this guac crush it out like let's go everybody had to like be cohesive and super efficient with their time Keep and it's Exactly. You have to be like part diplomat, yes. um, but like like a benevolent dictator <laughs> when you work that in food food service. Think about it. That is like it's all good at the same time, but that's yeah. like the perfect way to actually think about it is man, we be too good at that. Yeah, exactly, right? And so much better than my um my um like retail experience. I hated working retail. I did it a couple times and, and for a couple cool stores at that. But that grind was it's just... just you know, they all look miserable in there. Because it's miserable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like a miserable job. Oh, man. So how long have you been painting and creating in St. Pete? Okay, so that's an interesting story. I really started as a very, very little kid. Okay. Um, my aunt, Boo Ursum, who is a local artist as well, okay. um, she's based in Pinellas County. She worked with uh, Beaux-Arts when it was a thing back in like the 70s and 80s. She ran um, her own haunted house in the Boatyard Village back in the 80s, early oh, 80s. Um, she is an incredible artist and an incredible force. And so when I was a very little kid, as my mother loves to tell the story, um, I, I guess I saw a painting of my aunt's and I was like two or three years old and I recognized the subject matter in the painting, which I guess is very rare for a kid at that age, but I was like, oh, it's a clown. And my Aunt Boo works, uh, she's a surrealist and so her work is very uh, dramatic and intricate and complex and so that was the moment that between her and my mother uh, they went oh she's gonna be an artist so as soon as I was old enough I started taking classes with my aunt boo probably five years old or something like that and so I took private lessons every Saturday morning from the age of five to 14 
Um, and she taught me everything from painting in acrylics to uh, drawing by freehand and observational drawing techniques to learning two and three point perspective, like basically the ground level foundation. Yeah, you had a lot of like really good focus. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was, I like to joke, I say I was pedigreed to be an artist. Yeah. So, <laughs> it sounds like it. so yeah, so private lessons from five to 14. And then after that, I uh, went to Gibbs High School. Okay. I applied and attended uh, Pinellas County Center for the Arts at Gibbs and majored in visual arts. It was close. I thought about going in for theater, um, so, but I, I'm thankful that I changed it in my mind. <laughs> I have one of my best friends, Colleen Cherry, is an actor in the St. Pete Tampa Bay community, and she, we went to middle school together. So we always hung out and we knew we were like, we gotta go to PCCA. And so we did. And so. Oh yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, a thing, actually. it's totally legendary, and a lot of the most prolific artists in St. Pete went there. So I know Carrie Jadis graduated from PCCA. Derek Donnelly, yep. Reed Jenkins, my fellow oh, Shine muralist as well. Okay. Yep, yep. And um, I mean, the list goes on. My partner in life in crime, George Retkesh, also went to PCCA, okay. and we coincidentally went to uh, Ringling College of Art and Design after we graduated high school. Um, Sort of. Well, the, the, what's no, really weird. Well, the weird thing is we always knew each other. We mm -hmm. joke that we have like the Venn diagram of friends. So we all had oh. mutual friends, but we didn't actually get together until well after college, in fact. Wow. Um, so, but we have this shared background and shared history. And I think it makes us good at, um, we're really good at compartmentalizing our relationship between um, being creative, being romantic, being friends. Um, so we work well in a prof professional capacity together too and we do tons of collabs outside of our relationship so we'll do um, sculptures and installations for music festivals like Halloween up at Spirit of Swanee Music Park um, he was my ride or die on this mural project along with I have a huge list of people yeah, to thank on this mural oh man I literally, teamwork makes the dream work, yes. and I could not survive without my friends. I keep saying, like, this is our mural. It was not me. Oh. It's not an I, me, mine thing. I might have sketched it and drawn it out, but it would not have been possible without George, without my sister Carla Kaufman, who celebrated her birthday with me and painted all day long on Saturday. Oh. Um, and she is truly my ride or die. I joke that between her and George, like they make a complete version of Miss Crit. <laughs> oh, that's cute. So, um, but yeah, and she was there just painting up a storm. She loves to work on all my projects with me, and I, I like, she's been there every step of the way through my whole life and now, career. Are you two? You said you have the same birthdays. Are you two twins? close? Or like... I love that, and she is going to love that <laughs> so hard. So, no, Carla and I are actually 13 years apart. Okay. So, um, I came home on her 13th birthday. I was born October 21st, okay. and she's October 23rd. Um, but So, to, I guess it's 12 years and 360-whatever days yeah. apart. Um, and my parents are, uh, my mom's super into metaphysics and new age and stuff. So we were, we're both Libras yes. and we were both born from two Cancerians and, um, uh, the stars kind of align. We have a very, uh, witchy kind of coven, Spencer coven of a family. So <laughs> but, like, going on that, like I'm October 12th, so I'm a Libra myself, uh, yes. but, um, my, See, it's there's something interesting about this like little combo. Do you have siblings too? Yes. Uh -huh. Oh my god, I don't think you want to hear this <laughs> dynamic. But um, as far as my father's children goes, it's my sister October fourth, mm. uh, ninety one. Okay. Or no, she's ninety three because I'm the oldest. And then it's my other sister October sixth, ninety four. And then I come in the first <laughs> October twelfth, ninety two. This is crazy, dude. That's insane. And my adopted sister, Marley, is um, on November 6th. So it's our birthday season as well. October is birthday season, September baby. Exactly. Exactly. Close it out. <laughs> we take the whole month. Isn't that funny? God, what is going to happen? 
happen to like my partner and I. <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna have to keep this whole family thing going on. Right, exactly. Once you've got like the the, the lineage, yeah. you gotta carry it. I can't, I can't dishonor my ancestors. <laughs> so like going back to yeah. your aunt a little bit, would you yeah. say that like she's what inspires your art a lot then? I think she is her work, her aesthetic her perspective on art is so thoroughly ingrained and woven into the fabric of who I am as a human that it's inseparable from the direction okay. I went, you because know? just, like, listening to you describe, mm-hmm. like, her artwork, and then I'm thinking back to the stuff that I've seen you do, and there is that kind of common... Absolutely. Like, flowers, just kind of, like, the... Flowers, psychedelic stuff, yes. spooky stuff. That's totally where my family and history is. And yeah. Boo was the first person to introduce me to Frida Kahlo when I was super little, oh, so, yeah. like, my mom comes to pick me up from art class and I'm like you gotta tell me all about Frida and my mom's like oh my god I gotta explain like (laughs) communism and bisexuality to my six-year-old thank you sister (laughs) like but um but all of that has influenced me massively um uh, as an artist and Boo um is heavily involved in the Pinellas Park Arts Village um and I do believe St. Pete Arts Works and the Gulf Coast Artists Alliance. She's shown at Lipa uh, Ratner um, Museum as well. So Boo is, I mean, she's huge. She laid the groundwork for, for how I have proceeded and progressed in my art career. Nice. Absolutely. Well, that's great. I love it when, like, the older generation, like, takes, like, the younger generation under their wing and, like, mm-hmm. kind of, like, instills that knowledge. Because if she hadn't done that on you, everything she knows... Yeah, absolutely. And she's passed it on. She's passed it on to me, and she's passed it on to her grandchildren, uh, Evan and Aiden Ursum, who are also artists in their own right. Evan has been in, he was just in the Letterhead show. Okay. Um, so Evan is on his way to becoming a prolific artist as well. So nice. it's it's definitely in our family's lineage. My dad, um, who uh, he recently passed this year, um, so this has been kind of a big year, and the mural yeah. was a big moment for me, and all that stuff I've been thinking about him a lot. Yeah. But he attended Dixie Holland's High School in their commercial art program in oh, the wow. '60s. So I've got creativity yeah, from it's his like side. Really in your blood. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. It's My like, mom is a hairdresser, so she works in three dimensionality, yeah. and it's it's sculpture, it's color theory. Yeah. Like she's passed all of that on to me, and her influence came actually really with literature and reading tarot books and tarot cards and metaphysics. So that um, that really influenced me becoming an illustrator. I mean, we share literature, we share children's books, um, all of that. It's, it's, I pull influences from everybody around me. Like I'm not, I, I sometimes view myself as more of a vessel that I can then pour all of this creativity that's around me in I there. Like that. So I'm the sum of all the parts around me. You, you know really, what I mean? <laughs> and you really are, though, because, like, there's people who say, like, they're an artist, you know, and then there's people who's, like, literally just kind of, like, in their blood, and mm-hmm. it's meant to, like, you're, there's no other direction for you. It's just, it's kind of in your blood. You're, Absolutely. You're right where you need to be. Absolutely. I don't know what I would do if I didn't do art. I've done it for so long. Like, it's the only thing I know how to do. (laughs) So, like, I'm sure I could, like, I don't know. I couldn't imagine, like, being, like, working in a spreadsheet or something. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't, I couldn't not be creative. And I feel like in a lot of ways, because of the people that I come from, the lineage that's behind Mm -hmm. me, I owe it to everybody that has influenced me to continue and carry this on in some way and try to find like a, a, a money making successful way to be an artist because I've had a really hard time balancing and justifying, um, you know, the, the, the idea of the starving artist is so prolific and, in a lot of ways sort of romantic and honorable but it's not it's like we still have to exist in a capitalist society which also feels gross like I don't want to have to make money I hate hustling for my work I kind of hate selling myself to be honest and I know I have to get better at it like I'll slap stuff on my website and be like one blast out that I'm like oh I have art for sale and I'm like why am I not famous yet? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh, because I have to sell it and promote it and hawk it all the time. And like, and some people are mean. Some people are mean. Like, yeah, I like mean, just the little things like, oh, I could do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, for I'm sure. Just like, Whoa, like, can you stop like squashing the dream right 
It's like, but did you do it? Oh, you didn't do it? So I guess, I mean, sure. Until you do it, then don't tell me you could do it. All right? (laughs) We we were talking to uh, Geo's Typos. Yeah. And he was just like, yeah, I just tell him, so do it. Yeah, so funny. And he's like, yeah, I used to go do it. And I'm like, you're right. You know? Yeah. Especially when my phrase right now on when people are just like, oh, I could do that. I'm like, awesome. So go do it. Just go do it. And I'm like, you would not survive the day. Like, just shine alone. Do you know how much we walked in the mm. heat? And, like, it was just like, I'm sure shine was, like, a busy week for you guys. But, like, oh I my gosh. Like, absolutely you guys were out there hitting the streets and hustling and there were so many photographers that like came by to talk to all of us artists and i know they had 16 other spots to be at or even like you know? not trying to be annoying to the artist like fills me with anxiety it's <laughs> like, like you know you i'm the 10th one today so sorry yeah, i'm yeah. not trying to annoy you it's just, No, I think that's so cool and super brave. Um, I I am very much like an extroverted introvert. So if I have a job and a reason to be there, like I'm happy to talk to people. But the fact that you guys go out and cold call, like you hit the streets, like raw dogging life, that is crazy to me. That is insane. Like it was like so like, (laughs) especially when we launched the drone. Like we obviously like to just like, hey, are you guys okay with this? Like, yeah, no, yeah, now yeah. We don't turn around, and you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I'm um, gonna be honest, you guys spooked the crap out of me, <laughs> and it's only because the day before there was a massive wasp's nest <gasps> right above my mural. Oh, so like George and I were out there Thursday night, and we projected and sprayed everything out, but we were like, he was like, look at this, it was it was a massive nest. And I you was like, they came back. dude, all I heard was, a, and I was like, <laughs> I had a can of wasp spray on my lift at all times. Cause I was just like, get away, get away, get away. You please can't no. really like run anywhere if they want to like. No, and they you. smell your fear. So you have yeah. to like find like this Zen place to be in. Like you have to like become one with the wasp or something. And like, it was a few weekends ago that I got stung <gasps> like in my armpit doing yard work George got stung like a month ago and he blimped up like Benadryl on the couch for hours so now I'm like trying to not develop the phobia of wasps I'm like just please and they like they will continue to sting you too they don't just like nasty little spiteful but then they're like pollinators so you're like I can't hate you that much like I know you exist for a reason and I love you for that but you need to like Like, go away when we were stripping my dad's old man um there was a wasp, and they kept going inside, like, this, like, slit of his door, and I was like, oh, God, there's a wasp nest in there. You know it. Eyes. You know there's, like, a giant colony. Yeah. Like, if you busted out the siding, it would just be, like, a like a horror story. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> Trying to do that side of the van was so hard, and finally, I was so sick of it. I was just like, okay, look, guys, look, I'm going to level with you here, and I'm like, you got to go. You I was like, I will blast just... you out of the sky if you don't leave, and I'm like, but you got to go. <laughs> and then they went go, and I'm like, I'm going to find whichever deity you're attached to. I will. I will do whatever needs to get done. Can and the name of this podcast be like, Negotiating with Wasps? Sure. I feel like sure. That's that kind of... is the title of your podcast. <laughs> Negotiating with Wasps. And like literally, I went searching. I was like, what day do your spirits attach to these little suckers? And I was just yeah. like, praying to every single one I could find. I'm like, just make them go away. Please, like, please. You have to I wait till at night. I don't want to kill them. I don't want to kill them. I don't want to kill anybody. Like, just please, just go. Yeah, I know. I love them and I hate them. <laughs> like at the same time. So what has been your favorite piece that you have created so far in your time as an artist? Oh my god, that's so hard. Um, because it's also love hate. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, when you're in the middle of making the work, uh, you go through like a bell curve of like, this is garbage, what am I doing? What is life? Do I even know how to draw? Why did I spend this much on my career? Okay, maybe it's getting better. All right, I got this. I am the greatest. (laughs) Um, Other than my shine mural, I was really stoked on how it came out and I really like the style and everything, but I did a series of pieces for my Emerging Artist Grant in 2019 with Creative Pinellas and it was like three big pieces and a couple like secondary little guys, Mm -hmm. but the three big pieces were um, like these sort of 
psychedelic effigies for my grandmothers. Okay. Um, so the the title of that exhibit was "We Never Die, We Simply Change Form," which is also totally lifted from another artist. This guy, the Art of Chase, who's amazing. Met him in California, and I was like, I'm gonna steal that title. But credit where credits due. I can't say that it is not an original idea, but it's a thinker, and I've thought about it forever. But um. <clears throat> But the three pieces are, are pretty crazy. The biggest centerpiece one was for my grandma Sanchez, and it's like these three tigers that sort of are morphing in and okay, out of each yes, other. Yes. And then there's um, uh, amethyst crystals all around it I and stuff. Um, and she was, she loved tigers. She was good. We called her the tiger lady. She Aww. constant, her house was full of tiger things. And so, um, and amethyst were her birthstone. So that, um, the second piece was um, an owl, like a triple-faced owl mm -hmm. as well, covered in mushrooms, and that was for my, um, kind of my grandmother-in-law, uh, Grandma Marge, who was uh, my sister's husband's grandmother. Okay. Um, and Grandma Marge was amazing. She was a pilot in like the 40s, uh, and she taught other women to fly, and so I felt like she was always wise and aged, and she kind of looked like an owl in her older years. <laughs> so the mushrooms for knowledge and the owl for sight and flight were really important mm -hmm. to me to communicate. And then the third piece was for my grandmother, Ellen, who was incredible she was a gardener um, and so I did these sort of triple B's and then she she grew an insane amount of pineapples so um, like I think she had like 37 at one point in time in her garden insane it she was so like they were she's crazy though she had the greenest thumb I've ever met she could just like kiss life into anything like a Disney like old aged grandmother princess yeah. totally 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 um, so I made those three pieces for my three grandmothers, um, like I said, as these sort of like effigies or like um, like a like a psychedelic vision or something of their spirits. And so I really love those pieces. Love that. And I have ideas for more. I want to keep on this idea of these effigies um, yeah. to honor the people that I've loved in the past so much. I love working on animals and that sort of imagery. And again, it's sort of that love and positivity that I'm trying to communicate. I want people to see those pieces and sort of feel like awe-inspired. Yeah. Um, but you can even do yeah. that like as like a thing where you can, in a sense, could sell like that. Yeah, know, like, yeah, we people. could do absolutely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Because like that's like really like kind of sweet and special too. Is like to have something like their favorite like animal and something that really re represented them. Totally. And an art piece that isn't necessarily maybe just like a portrait of them. Yeah, exactly. Something beyond a portrait because yeah. portraits are cool. I love portraits. Portraits um, are wonderful, but they're amazing. But you know, like for me, like I don't know if I have enough pictures of my dad. I, I don't know if I'd want another portrait of him. It's kind that of like, sense. yeah, you, know? you, you want something that embodies yeah. that the person you love so much. That and that's, yeah. yeah, and that's what those pieces were about. So um, I've been brewing on one for my dad because, um, like I said, I lost him this year. So that's going to be a really important one coming up. I haven't had the chance to, like, really sit down and focus, yeah. but I've got some sketches going. And at some point I'm going to dig my heels into for that. Sure. And, so. like, take that time, too, because, you know, yeah. for you, like, like that's, that's like a healing moment too absolutely you know? like and that and and i think mm -hmm. that was the pieces for the grandmothers was that cathartic yeah. sort of like communing with them and yeah. a, it's a way for me to honor them and to and to bring it to bring it full circle so yeah. so then like would you say like working with your like aunt who did a lot of nature and then just like this really kind of like spiritual like witchy like aesthetic that you mm -hmm. have is the reason why nature seems to be the center of like kind of your pieces and everything that you do I yeah I guess so um yes and and I'm I'm also like a Florida girl through and yeah. through so I spent a lot of time growing up outside my parents backyard was like always a crazy jungle my grandma Ellen I mentioned before the gardener had a wild crazy backyard and garden um and so I don't, I don't know. There's just something that resonates to me as an artist with nature and the subject matter. It's the thing I connect to the most. Mm -hmm. um, and I think as, a, as a, a female artist and a white woman at that, there is a lot of, I'm not necessarily connected with making like some major sociopolitical message. That's not really 
what I connect to. It's not what I'm interested in. I'm more interested in man's place in nature, man's justification for their existence. So a lot of philosophy, a lot of stuff on religion. I'm really interested in finding these sort of comparisons and contrasts between um, certain certain religious philosophies or thoughts Mm -hmm. like in high school my my senior thesis was all about christianity and buddhism and finding the relationships between those things and those i think all of that is in inescapable from nature because it's it's we exist to try to justify our place in the world and so our biggest connection is in in nature i mean it's hard to feel a connection with steel beams and glass and structures and all and so much man-made things so as an artist if i can help us all return to nature yeah you know because nature doesn't need us we need it correct if we were to all i love like those videos and like those like stories of like if we were to leave earth Mm-hmm. Like, and just all be gone, how Earth would just repair itself. Absolutely. I, I think that's an important point on environmentalism is that um, the world's always going to be okay. Yeah. It's always going to bounce back. We can destroy it and push it mm-hmm. to the brink. It'll be uninhabitable for, for us. us. <laughs> but Mother Nature is going to be fine. She's yeah. going to find a way to balance herself. She's constantly balancing herself yeah. right now, which is why it puts us in such turmoil, you know. Mm-hmm. So if we care about our existence, then we should probably care about nature. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think that's a, a kind of an important distinction to make and to think about. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and as far as nature goes, uh, George and I have recently become homeowners, so now we've got a big, thank yeah. you, is a big deal, it was crazy, I feel like it's the most grown-up thing I think I've ever done in my life. Um, it's like peak grown-up. It's peak grown-up, yeah, I already yeah. had the student loans, which felt like I was like 18 and dumb, and I was like, I'll sign whatever piece of paper you want, let's go to school. Um, but now as a grown-up, it's like, I mean, we sat down in that loan office and signed like 200 pages of a contract, you know? It's like, it's crazy going through the homeownership process and hunting for the house and talking to realtors and like, it was nuts. But all of this is to say, now we have this big, beautiful backyard and front yard. And so I have become a crazy plant lady. So you have the room, go for it. Yes, exactly. And so all of the plants that you saw in the shine mural are plants I'm currently growing and cultivating. I love yes. that. So there's the big cactus uh, and the cactus bloom, the cactus flower, which um, only blooms one night and then they fade and die. So that's kind of a really beautiful and kind of my poignant way to to comment on like impermanence and stuff like that. Um, but there's calathea leaves in there, there's peace lilies, there's monsteras. Um, so I literally took pictures of the flowers in my yard, made photo collages of that, was able to draw from that and develop the the image that you see on the wall. So Very nice. Are we going to get any fruit trees in that backyard? Uh, we're going to try to. Right now we have a neem tree, um, which I'm really stoked on because neem oil is really good. It's like a very natural um, pesticide as well if you okay. need. And it makes a big, beautiful canopy. Um, so we are, we, I, I know George really wants a star fruit tree. So we're looking for star fruit tree. We have a fig growing right now. He's not, not doing really great. but yeah. And we've got a couple bananas too. So. Nice. Those are, like, I feel like, good like fruits to have. Like Figs are always good. I'm, like, Persian, so we love figs, I guess. I don't know. Like, we just, like, all of, like, the weird fruit that I never really, like, cared for when I was, like, a kid. So now I feel like I'm only, like, like, am I a bad Persian because I don't like figs? You just burnt out. You just burnt out. I'm just kind of like, I don't like any of those. You know, like, um, or, like, my dad always, like, would eat, like, garlic and, like, onions, like, straight Just raw. Like, this is, <laughs> this is my cultural heritage. Be, like, I'm not that hardcore. Uh, um, <laughs> but I guess I, I guess I don't have to fight against the onions like my dad. No, no. I, I don't know, unless it's like some rite of passage that you have to go I through. Not, I'm gonna fail it. <laughs> She's a bad person. She has to go. George is a, a George is Hungarian, uh, first generation here in the U.S., and they eat a lot of friggin' a lot and he would be like totally right here ready to bite one bite into one into the microphone for you so <laughs> yeah i don't it seems like a lot of like 
cultures overseas, like onions and things like that. Like it's hearty. It's, it's, it's like yeah, yeah. It's like it's just within them to they have to have it. Yes, absolutely. You know? And then we're kind of over here, like, well, we'll fry it. Yeah, exactly. If you it's know, deep fried and blooming, yeah, like I'm totally like, down for it. Then and they're just eating into it raw, like an apple. They're like weeks. Heart, just, just that's just hearty, nitty gritty, tough people. <laughs> I'm not about it. So um, your mural that you did for Shine, that yes. was all house paint, correct? It was. It's all exterior latex. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. like, why not spray paint? Well, to be perfectly honest, because I am not well-versed in the spray paint world. Okay. So, um, I went through, I asked a lot of questions of a lot of friends and artistic mentors about the project and how I should approach the mural, Um, because all previous murals have always been exterior latex paint for me. I feel super comfortable with a brush in my hand um, and cutting super sharp lines, like all day, could do it in my sleep, feels really natural. Um, so spray paint is still a little bit of a mystery and I kind of was like, maybe not for your debut mural for shine. Let's like, let's not introduce a brand new medium (laughs) to the mix. So now coming off of shine, um, I am ready to hit this big wall on the side of my house and make that my playground and see what I can do because, um, watching so many of the other artists in shine, like, the efficiency that comes with spray paint is really miraculous it's very mystifying and I worked for the art supply store previously central art supply company in St. Pete for many 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 years with um Pat Jennings and Pat was a huge proponent of street art um he I do believe he served on a few art councils or art boards in Pinellas County to help promote the mural scene and stuff like that so Pat sold um, several Montana can lines. We sold gold, we sold the black, we sold uh, 94 as well. So I got a taste and an introduction to uh, rattle cans through the art supply store. Um, I just never really dipped my toes into yeah. it myself. So it's something I want to explore. Part of me in my heart is like, man, what do you do with those cans once you're done? Like, that's a lot, you know, mm-hmm. 150, 200 empty aerosol cans gonna go to the landfill like what you should do you should just like sign them for sure i don't know put a sticker on them a little like a little character or something then just leave those there you go little nuggets like a free art friday vibe yeah like i have like you know free cans with my signature and and each like has a different if you want to get super crazy give them a different character yeah every time (laughs) for sure we definitely <laughs> Make a huge scavenger hunt is like yeah. geocaching Miss Crit style. Yeah. When uh, Ricky Watts uh, like put on his story, he's like, I have you know just spray cans left here. Come grab one. I like pulled them out immediately. Now, like, <laughs> like we drove all the way down there. And yeah, it was just because Ricky Watts said he had free spray cans. So there's people who want them. All right, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Well, like I said, I think it's a, I think it's a magical, mystical sort of, like it still is magic to me. There's not a lot of uh, fine art that is magic to somebody. I've been like heavily educated. So to me, it's like if I even go to a museum or something, like I'm already looking at a painting and breaking it down and trying to figure out like, what were your base layers? How did you work up from an yeah. underpainting to the top? So there's there's like this analysis that's mm-hmm. constantly like, do, 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 do going on. Um, but with spray paint, it's still like kind of magic yeah. to me. And um, I've watched a few people do it, but not a ton. Like I almost want to preserve the magic, mm-hmm. but now I'm ready to like, let's analyze this and figure it out. And like- The next beast to conquer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and wear gloves. Yeah. Yes, wear gloves. I know. I'm terrible about that when I paint in oils, too. And I but love the like, smell. And, like, it's so bad. It absorbs in your skin and your bloodstream and stuff. But, but like, working with, like, because, like, personally, like, I like acrylics. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll ever be, like, a spray spray person. That's kind of my vibe. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, the acrylic is a lot easier to wash off your hands. But is it though? Because yeah. as yeah, we look I at my fingernails right now, like it's like still on the palm right of my hand. Here. It's everywhere. I've and taken so many showers and scrubbed, and it's it's just. Unless it like gets like yeah, I guess unless it gets really into the nail beds, I don't yeah. have a big issue. 
yeah, like, scrub it up. Scrubbing yeah. it off, but spray paint? No, I'm covered. Like, oh, I'm you're done. covered, and the only thing you can get it off with is like acetone or something, which is then also terrible for your skin. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a whole nother podcast subject, like the toxicity of oh. the art supplies that we use, man. Um, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's the... Just start telling the people who are yeah. like, that's too much. Just be like, well, I'm poisoning myself creating this. So exactly. Really <laughs> I think there's a little bit of art that's about, you kind of have to sacrifice your body a little bit. I know that's not a good thing to say, but it's like dancers. Dancers, that is a beautiful art form to be so performative, but you sacrifice your body in order to do it. Mm. Um, and a lot of like craftsmen and artisans or, or tradesmen even, you know, like there's a timestamp on being a plumber. You can be an absolute master and, and a total necessary, um, uh, to society and everything. And I think in an art form in itself, when you're really good at what you do, anything Mm -hmm. can be considered art, but man, you, are you going to be 60 years old crawling under a house, like repairing pipes, dude, there's a timestamp on it. So As a visual artist, I'm very lucky that I I get a little bit of longevity um, so long as I don't, you know, absorb too many of those spray paint and oil paint chemicals into my skin. So, you know, but that's, but I think that plays a role, at least in my art too, is um, like being healthy and well. And that goes back to the, to the nature thing too, like. Um, a lot of the podcasts I listen to while I create are all um, about health and wellness. Mm-hmm. I listen to Dr. Rhonda Patrick a lot um, and Dr. Chris Kresher, who's a functional medicine doctor. And they talk a lot about um, different supplements, different ways to sort of biohack yourself um, for optimal health, um, uh, health span rather than lifespan. So how to make your body, you know give yourself like longevity and quality of life in the length of your life. And so that's super interesting to me. Um, And I think that that's an important aspect of art that artists need to pay attention to. Like I used to kill myself for my art. Like I have so many all-nighters in college uh, just driving to Sarasota in a total fog or delirium and um and starting to listen to these podcasts listening to people like dr matthew walker who is a sleep um specialist and realizing like oh man like you have to sleep and you have to take care of yourself if i want to make art for the rest of my life like i owe it to myself to like i'm not killing myself anymore i'm not i i work very hard to not to manage my stress yeah i don't do well with stress i would rather take everything slower i'd rather get to somewhere on time early Mm -hmm. manage my time if it's going to take me twice as long and i miss the deadline or something which very rarely happens like i i tend to try to like work early and 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 as fast as i can so I don't have to stress out in the end. Like I really, I, I think that is something we should promote more in our artistic culture. Is like there's no glory in slaving for it and killing your body. Staying like up all night long just to get it done. Yeah, like, no, and and maybe that's the balance that I choose. You know, um, sometimes George and I joke that we're not um, we're too well adjusted <laughs> in our lives to be like truly prolific artists you know because we're not willing to like swing that pendulum so dramatically like yeah. I would rather find balance it's just like my whole thing is like when you're gone from this world like the art's not going with you like, yeah you know it's just kind of like for me it's like what memories are you leaving those people that you left behind Absolutely. you know did you do everything in life that you wanted to do or are you just working 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 and sleeping away yeah, for sure. And 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 I uh, the caveat to that is like, man, if that's the choice that you make, that you want to work and slave and pour yourself into it, if you are that, if you have that level of neuroses or or obsession, like go for it. We need artists like that in the world. They make some of the the most longest lasting, legendary yeah. statements. But for me, I'm happy to make the work. If I can be successful in my own little world and way make the work that I want to make, make people happy with that work, and then I'm lost to the sands of time, that's also fine. Because impermanence, 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 it's all impermanent, you know? Well, like, in a sense, though, like, will anyone really ever be lost to the sands, like, to, in a sense, to the sands of time? Because if you think about it, okay, like, not, okay, like, 
you might not turn into Van Gogh one day. Sure. Okay, but, like, think about for the people that, like, did buy your art or did come out to see your murals or were just friends with you. Like, all of those memories or the art pieces that they have is always going to be there. For sure. For sure. You know? and, and I work with a lot of mediums that, well, I think we exist in a in a digital realm, too, which mm-hmm. is totally bizarre and cerebral. And arguably, I think most of my work starts in, in the digital realm anyway. So, like, I have hard drives upon hard drives upon hard drives full of like scraps of pieces and reference images and all of this and like my Instagram will be up as long as Instagram exists Mm -hmm. you know my website is on there as long as I keep paying it per month it exists in this digital realm and like Digital's not going anywhere nope. besides, besides a like a coronal mass ejection from the sun or something that like zaps our electrical system or something like the internet's not going anywhere. Yeah. It's there we'll and there, and there's a weird archive. I know. Yeah. And what's weird is like I think that we uh, came from a generation like when I first started on the internet, it was all about anonymity. Like I knew better than to put my real mm-hmm. name on the internet. Like I used pseudonyms the entire time. My live journal was like not associated with who or what I am right now as a person it was totally anonymous all the little like anime forums that I participated in was like I was always born in 1901 or 1908 you know what I mean like you lie about that shit all the time but now it's like you use your phone to like call up a stranger on the internet to then get in their car and have them drive you somewhere like that is insane how that is transformed in our world but what a conversation about these days. Uh, you can't really trust strangers, but also call yourself an Uber. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It, you know, it's so wild. Like, just the idea, like, you know, my sister told me, she's like, Yeah, I took an Uber. I'm like, You did what? She's like, Yeah, I took an Uber. And I'm like, No, like, you, I'm like, no. Stranger danger. Stranger danger. It's still a real thing. Okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I just, it's a scary world. So, who would you like to collab with in the future? Who's your dream collab? God, that's a tough question. Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> what I can say is I um, I want to do more collabs with some of my most favorite artists in the area. Frank Strunk uh, III and I did a mega collab. That's actually how we became friends was nice. through Blue Lucy Gallery. Um, it was a duo show, and we both subscribed to be in the show, and Chad Mize put us together. And so Frank has been a huge influence uh, to me as an artist in my career, and we've worked on tons of projects together, and we sort of like weave in and out of each other's lives creatively, but I'm ready to like get nitty gritty again in his hot, sweaty metal shop. So uh, I always love collaborating with Frank. Um, I would love to do like a big collab mural with somebody too. I, naming names is hard. I I'm totally I drawing know. a blank, but like, I'm I I love. I think I can speak to the concept of collaboration, and that to me is really really cool. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy it. Um, it's really difficult creatively. Um, I think you have to find the right person and the right balance. Um, of collaborators, maybe somebody is more of the project lead than the other, and then um. I love being an assist and to facilitate creative projects. I love art directing and managing that. Um, So I'm always down and open for something. So so how about this? Whoever wants to collab with me, reach out and let's figure something out. And whether it's sculpture or murals or some sort of interface between digital art or or video and media like I don't know anything about video editing I don't know anything about animation like I would love to collaborate with somebody on that or doing image map projections stuff like that like something that expands my work beyond two dimension because nice. um, I also think it's it's in a lot of ways I feel like a little bit of a dinosaur being a 2d artist mm-hmm. because um, you know the world wants like video now people these little eyeball snacks these little dopamine hits we get all day long are in you know six second video clips and so I feel like I'm I'm going the way of the dinosaurs (laughs) if I just stick in my 2d realm so 
uh, somebody please come help me collaborate and make an animation. <laughs> this is that a call. Cool. <laughs> like, there's also like, I think it's so much easier these days to like figure out how, in a sense, to do that because everything's, oh, yeah. everything's online. Absolutely. What the tough thing is to find the time to do it. Yes. You know what I mean? It's oh, like yeah. it's the crash course. I think the way I've learned most of my software has been like, oh. I got a job here, so I better learn InDesign. Like, I, I for a fact, I, I went in and, and, and I got a job at Bell's Department Stores um, many moons ago, and they were like, you know InDesign, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, totally. I totally know InDesign. InDesign, me, BFFs, death. Um, and then I went home, and I was like, George, we have to get all of the Lynda.com videos because I don't know what I am doing, and I start work tomorrow. And then I, like, crammed. And you, you learn by way of doing yeah. projects, you know what I mean? I learned um, SketchUp that way too um, through working at Creative Arts Unlimited. Um, we did a lot of 3D rendering. We do a lot of 3D rendering. Um, and we use SketchUp as a means to an end to like make the interior environments. You can place, you can you can design really fast. It's fast and loose. You don't want to like build off of SketchUp. But I learned SketchUp as a means to an end working there. So it's like... If just you throw you in the fire. Throw you in the fire, exactly, and and you'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I love doing that. I don't know why people, you know, tell me, no, that's not the right way. You're going to scare them. Like, well, then they're going to sink. Yeah, exactly. You float or sink or you, yeah. you will figure it out, you know. Um, and sometimes that, I work well with a little bit of urgency and yeah. pressure. You I know? just never had a lot of patience treating 20-something-year-olds like they're four and I needed to hold their hand the entire time. No, just, just get in there and no. do it, it's dude. Like you're, you're good. You're an adult. You can figure it out without crying. Yeah, for sure. I'm like, if you're going to cry, clock out. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I mean, maybe I was a little nicer. <laughs> How did you enjoy being in the Shine Festival this year? Oh, my God. It was a dream. I have wanted to participate in Shine since its inception seven yeah. years ago. Um, and I've had the treat of being in the Shine exhibits, and I did uh, one of the um, electrical boxes a couple years ago as well that were sponsored by um, Bank of the Ozarks. And this was, I mean, it was a huge deal yeah. for me, like getting the call to be in the Shine. I was just like, what, little old me? You want little old me? <laughs> exactly. So it was, I mean, it was thrilling. I felt like... A total celebrity. They took such good care of us artists. They fed us every day. Our lifts were provided. Our supplies were provided. Our storage units were provided. Like, I was able to just show up and do the work. I felt completely supported and encouraged. And, I mean, I this was an incredible experience for me. Nice. For sure. And it was my largest wall to date. Uh, definitely my largest mural to date. Um, I've done other big work, but not definitely not nearly this big. And, and the time constraint was good. I feel really good. We completed yesterday at like 5 o'clock. Yeah. So just in the nick of time, like I got down off the lift and George was like, okay, close up the cans, wash out her brushes, don't let her open up any more paint because I could have literally sat there forever like tweaking a line and cutting this in and filling in the did, 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 did. And it's like, nope, pencil's down, time to go. Um, so exactly we are done 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 so participating in shine was just i mean incredible and i really hope that this um begets more opportunities yeah. um, more collaborations with the city and with st p arts alliance and like i really want to be more connected i would love to be you know the girl the go-to girl for for these kind of jobs or for little art direction projects and stuff like that because um you know, it felt really good to be out there on my own during the week. I mean, Monday through Friday, I was in that lift by myself. Uh, George came out every evening after 5, and my sister Carla was out there every evening after 5, too, and we worked until we could not see anymore. So I felt really independent a lot of the time. Um, but then being able to have all of my friends come out in droves on the weekends yeah. and then being able to, you know, I got the experience of sort of like leading a community project. It yeah. felt like, you know what I mean? Because they really were like, what do you want us to do? Dude. Like, this is yours. Like... Yeah, and that is so crazy. Sometimes it's a lot of pressure to like manage people like that. Like it's intense, but it was a great learning experience. 
And I hope to like, I want to do more of that. Like it was a lot of fun. George and I do um, big TIFO banners for the Tampa Bay Rowdies. We're part of Ralph's Mob, which is a supporters group for the Rowdies. Um, And so for, we've been going to games for the past eight years. And in those eight years, George is known as the TIFO tyrant. So um, TIFO is an Italian word short for tifosi, which means to show support. Um, And so what the TIFOs are are these giant banners, like 30-foot by 30-foot banners, um, sometimes bigger, sometimes smaller. And they're always like some design or concept showing support to the team. Um, So, for instance, a couple years ago, our our end-of-season banner was... um, uh, we did Mob City, so it was like a playoff of Grand Theft Auto. Okay. So we took the Grand Theft Auto, like the concept of the cover with like all the different window panels and stuff, but we filled every panel with something to do with the Rowdies. So there was like a Bill Edwards, and mm-hmm. there was like Petey the Pelican, but with a Glock and a gold chain, oh, and like no. there were smoke bombs, and there were supporters, and there was the guys on the field, and so. George and I have this challenge of, uh, you know, us and our entire Ralph's Mob supporters group because it is that is a true group and community effort. Um, we'll come up with a concept or the, the collective will come up with the idea. I get the, the honor of drawing it out. Um, sometimes we have guest artists that come in too, so another element of collaboration. George will come up with the concepts and I'll we'll sketch them out, we'll make them a vector, and then from that we take that, we project it on these big, huge... Um, sewn together pieces of muslin fabric and then we'll take those after we've traced out the image lay it on the floor of a warehouse and then us and maybe eight ten of our friends over the course of two nights um everybody jumps in and paints so george and i are always art directing that you know we're making sure everybody's got the right color the right brushes here's your reference image if you don't feel comfortable cutting that line i'll come in and jump in there you got a question so we're we've we've become a really a well-oiled machine when it comes to doing these big banners for Ralph's mob. Um, and it's so much fun. And of course it's, it's, um, we can be a little faster and looser because the TIFOs are displayed for maybe the first five minutes of the game. It's like right at kickoff and we'll light smoke bombs. And as soon as the game really starts to go, we'll drop the banners so then everybody can chant and sing and see what's going on. And then at the end of the game, sometimes we'll hoist them up. But I mean, the stadium, the Rowdies have provided us a pulley system so we can hoist these ginormous heavy banners up. So have an awful soccer team oh no we are top of the table right now baby we are crushing super hard we are um we'll actually be doing a big tifo banner for the november 6th uh playoff game which we'll be hosting at al lang so actually coming off hot from the mural i literally am getting after i leave here i'm getting in my studio and i am drawing the concept concepts are always top secret you will not know it or see it or see even a whisper of what we're thinking about until it is unveiled at the game. Ooh. That's how TIFOs go. Um, and TIFOs are also interesting because they are uh, sort of this one-and-done art form. It's very temporary. It's uh, one moment's art and one moment's time. And once that five minutes is up, we fold that stuff up and put it in a storage unit. And maybe we'll, we'll bust it out and see how, you know, how stuck together the acrylic, the latex house paint has become. <laughs> But um, there. Like cool yeah. little like art exhibit though. Dude, if you guys can find me a giant warehouse where we can hoist these up, we would be so into that. Um, we've lost a few to the TIFO carnage over the years. Has been great because um, they just get smelly and moldy I, yeah. in an attic, you yeah. know. But we do have some of our choice ones. Um, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about right now, go on my website, themiscrit.com, and you will see um, on the left sidebar, Ralph's Mob, and you can go and see our past TIFOs. Oh. So there's the finished products, there's the digital uh, illustration that I've made, and then sometimes there's progress shots or the actual banners hoisted during the games. Um, if you're listening to this and you're one of the photographers of those photos, please reach out to me. I want to make sure that I'm giving you credit where credit's due. Sometimes after the games, we get all these photos sent to us. We're collecting them, and we have no idea where it came from or who sent it to me. But I want to respect everybody that has contributed and participated. Um, And again, these TIFOs are going back to what we were talking about with collaboration. It's a collaborative effort. Everybody puts their hands on that. It is not me. It is we. Um, And so it's something so much fun that George and I do. Eventually, we will have to retire and pass on the TIFO torch, which we know. 
Uh, we have some really amazing friends like my friend Jane Hartzell, who also helped me with my mural mm-hmm. and who is the Chackboard master of the greater Pinellas County area. Um, James is amazing. He's been a guest artist for our TIFOs. He has a passion for soccer that rivals ours. And so um, we hope to do more TIFO collabs with him for sure. That's art by James Z. We so, love him. We saw him he's at so great. Um, the Chad Mai's uh exhibit that they had yes 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 totally um, (laughs) he's like yeah we're we're gonna i'm gonna go out and uh help her and we're like yeah it's like she told us she wanted your help oh my god he's true blue dude james is always like he's so awesome and he does so much for our community too like he's involved with friends at kerouac house um Huge proponent of St. Pete Lit. He is involved in the poetry scene and everything like that. And we just that have, is like, a epic. really good group of, like, creatives in oh St. Pete. Like, they so just much. a lot. Oh, yeah. A lot, and we're all friends, and we all love each other. Like, it's a big love fest. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, I forget how much of a bubble we live in in St. Pete, because yeah. I'm born and raised here, so I'm, like... You know, sometimes George and I, if we ever think about moving away from St. Pete, and we're like, but why? Like, this is a primordial ooze of creativity. And, like, we're all just, like, slowly climbing out and evolving in our own rights. And, like, it's huge, dude. It's just a sad idea to, like, think about it. I can't. Well, my family is here, like I said. Like, I will never, St. Pete will never not be home. If George and I moved, it'd be for like a couple years, but like, this is home base. This will always be home base. It's it's in my blood, it's never going anywhere. (laughs) We don't want to lose it on the Pelicans. (laughs) I like love those little things. They're they're so gross, but so awesome. Yeah, it's just like. Can you really be, like, a Florida girl if you don't, like, have, like, this weird love for pelicans and alligators? Pelicans, alligators, if you don't have, like, a horseshoe crab skeleton in your house, yeah, like... Are you really a Floridian? Yeah. Um, I need to get the horseshoe crab, though. Yeah, right? <laughs> so what can we expect from you in, like, the next few years as you just kind of, like, develop more and more in the community? Well, I am hitting the ground running post shine. I um I've got I feel like I've got a lot of work to do. I want to build the Miss Crit brand up more. Um and I'm sort of taking like a three-tiered approach to um to really investing more in my my art career because um I usually have a tendency to like panic and be like, "Oh, I need money. Let me take on the, all of these freelance jobs." And then I turn around and go, "Oh, my whole body of work is nothing but client-based stuff. So I am, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of taking the shine mural as a symbol of like, this is about you and this yeah. is about building your art and your portfolio up. It's great that I have the, I love being able to be a design service maven, mm-hmm. but I need to focus on my own work. So yeah. first step is to make a huge body of work. Second step is to merchandise that body of work, make the stickers, make the enamel pins, make all kinds of cool stuff. I want to get into doing like more tapestries. Um, I've vended at a couple music festivals and and markets and stuff like that. So I want to do that more. Mm -hmm. And then the third tier will be um, sending all those pieces out to galleries and expecting lots of rejection letters. But if I get one gallery to represent me, that would be huge. Um, Anywhere in the country, I'm just going to literally like throw those arrows out there and see what sticks and then I'll come back to uh, the design service phase of being an artist and seeing if I can um, really be selective about the the projects that I take on Um, so yeah I want to get paid I want to be an example of an artist that is successful and like I want to you know again it's weird to to intersect capitalism and being creative but like I want to be a living example of somebody that is like I can prove to you that you can be very successful as an artist um so however that manifests I'm down for the ride I don't want to like pigeonhole myself too much into anything but you guys can all expect a lot more work um and I'm just gonna keep hustling I'm excited (laughs) I'm a little sucker for pins and stickers so yeah, I think I, like, went through... Because, I mean, stickers are the easiest way, in a sense, for, like, you to, like, support an artist. Totally. Because if you can't buy, like, a canvas, but you can buy, like, a $2, $3 sticker at the moment, 
just grab that. that grab the sticker, and you know you're gonna put it on your water bottle yeah. or your car. Like it's good. It's better than a business card. Like yes. I'm kind of, it's, I'm kind of phasing out of like. Obviously, you need to have the business card when you're at the, the the uh, prestigious networking events. But like a sticker, dude. I sling so much stickers out this weekend just for free. Just like take my stickers, take my little buttons. I have got to order more. I'm like now depleted my stock. <laughs> um, but um, I think, yeah, it's a cool way to communicate and interface with your other. I'm into patches. I'm currently trying to source patches and hand fans. I've designed one I've hand that. fan yes. um, so far. And every time anybody sees my hand fan, they're like, do you have other designs? And I'm like, well, okay, I guess I'm going to, I want to release some more designs and stuff. Um, because I think, I mean, again, being a Florida girl, you got to cool yourself off. So, um yeah. Yeah, so, and I think um, as an illustrator, I'm about making art for the masses and for the people. Like, doing art in a gallery is beautiful and wonderful, but sometimes it's very exclusive. It's not, um, it's not there for the people. And certainly doing murals like Shine, I mean, I feel very connected to the community, and I feel like I've made work that is accessible to everybody rather than just myself. Yeah. So, um, and I, that goes hand in hand with illustration that ties in together with our conversation on community and collaboration. And so it's, it's all full circle. It's all connected. It is ultimately totally everything you're doing is in the full circle of where eventually the universe will be like, okay, you can be right here for a little while. Exactly. We're, we're not going to touch you. We're going to leave you be. <laughs> exactly. So it's finding those threads. Yep. So then, like, going back, like, on community and, like, collaboration and just, like, being an artist and the idea of a starving artist, like, what do you want the city of, like, St. Pete to know about what your life is like on the day-to-day? Especially, like, in a sense, like, when they make these large decisions that affect the artists and, like, the freelancers of our city. Sure. Um... Well, I think it's an important caveat for me to throw out there that I, um, being being a new homeowner, I live in uh, the city, well, the, the municipality, I guess, of Lelman, which is unincorporated county. So I unfortunately do not get to participate in city elections, which is a super bummer to me because I do feel like... Um, it's our community and civic duty to participate in that local government. Like I could give two craps about like national elections and stuff. Those things are important and valid, but like what affects you most is what is here in your city and what's most immediate. That's what makes the waves. That's what affects your daily life, you know? So, um, as an artist, my day-to-day life is, you know, I've got a mortgage to pay and I got to pay my bills and I've got to hustle in order to survive. And I think the city is, is, is growing and acknowledging the value of artists, but at the same time we need to like, I don't know, I wish there was like a, another like WPA, like the, the working artists um you know some way that the city could support us like we're government employees or something like that because we bring a massive massive value to the city i like that idea um you know and it would be nice to be able to like have health care and like do that stuff because it is really hard when you are on your own and um you know the other alternative for artists is that we have to get day jobs we gotta get uh, a salaried income we gotta like tie ourselves to something that takes up a lot of time during our week yeah or you're coming home and you're just exhausted and you gotta like hit it even harder you know and so it's there's got to be a way to support artists in their careers um and um i know saint pete is doing a, a decent job of it like i really appreciate saint pete arts alliance i really appreciate um creative Pinellas. both of those organizations have bolstered me and provided me opportunities and the opportunities are there for other artists if you don't feel like they're there for you go and you have to do the legwork you have to reach yeah. out to those organizations you got to put yourself in the face of that kind of stuff they're not going to come cherry pick you out of the woods um, and you've got to put the work into your own portfolio and make sure that your work is sharp and competitive. You know, elitism exists for a reason. And I love all the arts and I respect everybody that is a creative and makes beautiful work. But like there still has to be a level of competition and there's a level of hustle. And so um, was that old adage like uh, 
opportunity is when preparation and perspiration meet or something like that. I probably butchered it. I'm pretty sure I butchered that really nasty. It is. I think it's, 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 um, perspiration meaning hard work and preparation meaning like you dotted your t's you've made your Mm -hmm. list you've kept yourself organized and on top of it and the opportunities come to you so like luck is happenstance but luck is also what you have built and made yourself available for the opportunities sit there and just be like okay yeah there's no such thing as manna from heaven like you have to you have to put in the work to get the reward as well you know um so I, I hope the city continues to support us. I hope they continue to give even more money to Shine and the St. Pete's Arts Alliance to better support this organization. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, for one, will continue to do my best in participating in things like the Warehouse Arts District, the Arts Alliance, um, St. Pete Artworks, um, you know, all of the local galleries that are here. Like, we all need to continue to support and bolster each other. Yeah. And we are valued we're part of the tourist industry we make this city a destination mm-hmm. and shines a huge part of that by bringing um by by lifting up the local artists but also bringing in national and international artists that make saint pete a point of interest to people outside of our community yeah that's a big deal you know um it gets us national and international notoriety so it's kind of all those things got to be put into the soup and cooked down together so that's that is the hard part mm-hmm. that is that is the part that takes the longest thank you so much for sitting down and talking to us i'm so happy that we finally got to like officially meet and officially chat and it's no longer just on instagram absolutely today has been a total pleasure i could sit and talk to you guys for like another whole hour it was great and thank you guys so much thank you for all that you do in thank supporting you. us right. artists you guys have um, really like shared and put it out there and I, I knew St. Pete is super cool long before I knew your two beautiful faces and Aww, so now I am so you. grateful for the collab. Thanks for listening St. Pete. Please subscribe to our podcast so you can catch all the fun conversations we will have with our local artists and business owners. Make sure you check out our guest info in the bio if you like what you heard today as well. We hope you all have a sunny day and remember to always stay super cool.